0: Why would we cut the spares? The most juicy part.
1: What are you doing here?
0: Why don't you take this bottle and go to bed? (sighs) (sighs) Another one like that. Freemasonry (laughs) of cinephiles. Cinephile? Paradiso. Hello and welcome to episode 3. What? Did you press play? Yeah. Oh, you did! Oh, sorry. Daddy's ready. Daddy's ready. Carry on, David. No, I'm going to start again. All right. That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to start in the middle. To episode three <laughs> of Cinephile Paradiso. So, my name is David Charles Collins, and I am Quaid Kirshner. Today, the theme that we chose out of the hat was. Well, it actually wasn't a hat, David. It was a jarvas. You're right. Sorry, <laughs> you did this first week. Now it's my turn to do it. Um. Yeah. So the theme we picked was. Ta-da. Not living on Earth. There we go, I made (coughs) made him say it. It should have been been Outer Space, but, you know.
1: But that doesn't take into account other worlds. It's not always in Outer Space. I mean, it turns out that both our films are in Outer Space. Yep, sci-fi picks. Came out a year within each other, and are both also... Foreign films. Exactly. So, um, turns out we're synchronised when it comes to picking things. So, the first one I am going to start with, which is the film that I gave to Quaid, which we actually saw together years ago, Mm -hmm. is the English title is The Fantastic Planet but the French title sounds so much sexier and that's why you're gonna say it la planète savage do you know why he does that so well it's (laughs) because he grew up in the Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seychelles. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, it came out in 1973. It was an experimental adult animated science fiction film directed by René Laloux, oh. La... La Laloux, Laloux, La the X La is You you would, I don't know, you would think that I would have looked it up, but mm. and written by Laloux and uh, Roland Tapore the latter of whom also completed the film's production design. The film was animated in Prague, which at the time was the Czechoslovakia, and not actually the Czech Republic.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Mm.
1: The allegorical story, allegorical, uh, meaning... Metaphorical. Perfect. Symbolic. Yes, symbolic. About humans living on a strange planet dominated by giant humanoid aliens who consider them animals and is based on the 1957 novel Hommes en série* by French writer Stéphane Wool. So this one's also based on a novel. I like it. It is. So, a working title while in development was Sur le Planète Yam, um, On the Planet Yam, uh, which is where most of the story takes place. The actual title, The Fantastic slash Savage Planet, is The Name of the Yam's Moon. Production began in 1963. Uh, Fantastic Planet was awarded the Grand Prix Special Jury Prize at the 1973 Cannes Film Festival. And in 2016, it was ranked 36th greatest animated movie ever by Rolling Stone. I think this is the sort of film that would benefit from me
0: explaining the plot just a little more further. Yeah, just give like a little, a little plot synopsis for our people, our fellow cinephiles listening.
1: So, there are this giant humanoid species of aliens called Trags. Trogs, thank you. Who live on. I mean, they live on their planet. Which is called. I think you mentioned the planet.
0: Yam. Yeah. Yam. Yeah, the planet's called Yam, guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, Yam is uh,
1: inhabited by these uh, humanoid aliens who have a far more advanced civilization than human beings, who on the planet are much, much smaller than the yams, or the yams are much, much bigger than humans. And humans sort of, if you could imagine, are the animals on this planet. So they sort of live in the wild. They are treated like pets by the yams. They are hunted and tortured. Like the sorry, <laughs> trugs. yams the planet. <laughs> And what are the humans called, David? They're oms, and they're called oms because that is the phonetic... uh, It sounds very close to the French for humans, which is oms. So it's uh, sort of a bastardised version of that. So humans, because they're the humans. So the oms who live on planet Yam... are treated like pets by the... Quaid? Trags. Trags. I
0: hope you're all following still. Um, Yeah, get to it, David. Get to the plot. Okay,
1: so we open, actually, with one of the Oms, so one of the humans. I'm just going to call them humans from now on, or else we're going to get lost in the words. He's with his mother. He's with his mother, and then his mother gets attacked by a a couple of, I guess, teenagers. Teenage uh, Trags. Yeah, (laughs) are playing around, and they are torturing the mother and accidentally kill her, which... Which is fun for them, apparently. Exactly. It's sort of think of a cat playing with a bird or something. Um, oh. So, once they lose interest in that, um, the little boy is left and is adopted by a young girl, uh, one of or the... a young, yeah, female tribe. Exactly. Who And this is where we see when they're taken into captivity, they're sort of dressed up, they have to wear a collar so they can be taken around everywhere. And they're treated like playthings. Again, very much the
0: way we sort of Mm -hmm. treat animals. I guess that's sort of meant to be the larger metaphor there. And her father Um, is a very significant figure because her father's name is Master Sign and he's a key leader of the planet Yarm. There you go. He's one of the lead politicians. Anyway,
1: the way that these advanced yams... No, sorry, that's the planet. That's the planet. (laughs) Trogs? Trags? Trogs. I think Trogs. Trugs. The way that they educate themselves is through headsets through which they absorb information. Mm. Because of a malfunction in one of these, our human pet is able to use it and starts becoming informed almost in this sort of Promethean way, suddenly having information that once escaping from captivity and meeting some of the wild humans, and being accepted into their civilization through winning a duel starts to educate them that there is a way of advancing their civilization and revolting. And in the end, they resort to guerrilla warfare in space, attacking the place where the Traags reproduce in their sort of psychic astral projection way. And through that, a standoff where they decide they're going to live in peace and the humans, the Oms, live on a satellite that orbits the planet. It finishes with them coexisting. I think I completely... <laughs> I think I completely butchered that, but the film is not known for its plot, even though the plot it's a very simple plot actually it's, it is it is i
0: i it, it's 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 very yeah it's a, a, aliens versus humans essentially well to to them really where the aliens were the pests to the trugs. yeah and the the boy's name who's the central character, his name is tur and he was named after the, not named after, but he was given the name by the girl that found him, who is Tiwa, who we mentioned before, she's the daughter of Master Sign. So,
1: this film is incredibly popular to stoners, it is very... Really? Yeah, oh, stoners love this film. It sort of attracts the same sort of crowd that, in a very
0: psychedelic way, enjoy Holy Mountain. But I feel like Holy Mountain isn't as um, linear, whereas this, this film, I feel like the plot is so, so simple, because really it's trying to have an emotional effect on the viewer. It's not, it doesn't want you to focus too much on the plot. It wants you to to feel the emotion that's evoked through what's oh, happening. I, I, absolutely, but the reason that I say it's popular amongst those people is, uh, and, well, that's those people. Well, it's um, because it
1: doesn't lack originality, that's for sure. No, it's it's, it, it's because it's visual and it's associated it's, with psychedelics yeah. because of the way that it's animated. People think, I, I mean, I guess the point I, I wanted to get to was people think it's a really out there movie. They're like, whoa, you got to watch this. It's so trippy. But like mm. you said, the story is actually quite simple. It's
0: It's just animated in such a floral, gorgeously... The colours are muted, which I like. It's not very saturated, the colouring of the film. And with the artwork, it's almost like you can... It feels like someone has done a sketch on a piece of paper and that sketch has come to life. You have a lot of, like, lines that are very, very clear. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, yeah. also,
1: also, the animation is done in a way where, obviously, because their imaginations were not limited by practical effects, there is sort of this beautiful, surreal flowing in the environment. We sort of see plants turning into animals and things folding out into themselves, and it is it is very surreal in, in, in its visuals, not necessarily its story. Where were we getting at? So, well, we're getting towards... quite talk to me about this film. What did you think of it?
0: Well like I said it does it definitely does not lack in originality and I feel like that's where that's the strongest part of the film It's just that the character designs the the set the, the design of the setting even was amazing all their flora and fauna and their their wild animals on this planet are just so original like I've never seen anything like it the only thing I can kind of link it to um because I would describe the the landscape of this planet as quite. Um, desert-like, barren, almost surreal, and I c- kind of sometimes compare it to Salvador Dali's artwork. It reminded me a That's lot fair. of some of his artwork. He's also a French artist. This is a French he's, film. He's Spanish. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so embarrassing. Like they're close to each other. I thought he
1: was French. Salvador Dali?
0: No. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, That's okay. That is awful, but yeah. We're here I here to learn. I, we're, yeah, we're here to learn apparently, but I, I'm shocked that I only learned that now. Um, but yeah, no, it reminds me a lot of Salvador Dali's work just with how barren the landscape can be and how surreal, I guess, everything is. And what I liked the most about that film is because the plot was quite linear and simple, it really made you think, and it was actually quite confronting. There's so many scenes. So, for instance, when there's some Tarags who have walked past these Oms, the humans, and they just start, like treading on them, saying, hey, we need to get rid of these things, they're pests. And it just reminded me so much of humans kind of stomping on ants. And then there was also another part where they make a comment saying humans reproduce so much faster than we do. They're creating at such a rapid pace and they're overpopulating our planet. We need to like get rid of them, control control numbers. And that reminded me so much of when I mean I'm relating this now to Australian context because obviously we're Australian. Um it just made me think so much of when there's too many um, is brumbies the right word? Yeah, I, well, or I mean, wild horses. Well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I guess any 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 feral animal. But we also call um, indigenous well, animals like kangaroos. Yes, and I was going to get to that. Kangaroos. I know rabbits aren't indigenous to Australia, but just yeah, it's just it's it, it's interesting is where I'm what is what I'm getting at. So that made me really think. It's about compassion. It's it's yeah it's it's about compassion. Thank you, David. And then I think the last thing I was going to say it was really interesting because these trogs they are quite intellectual. They are quite spiritual also they have they have their timeout sessions where they like sit down to meditate and i think you mentioned that before the reason why these tribes meditate is because they, I guess, astro-project onto another planet, and on that other planet where they astro-project, that's where they, I guess, procreate. Yeah, is yeah. Is, is essentially where I'm psychically procreate. They, yeah, And because, I guess, this is an advanced civilization, it's crazy to think that they see themselves as such an, an advanced civilization, but then they look at humans as if they're no- nothing, and it's almost like they haven't even given them, a really, a real chance to learn and to, to discover from them. They just straight away assume, okay, humans are Stupid humans are dumb. They're not like us. And for me, that's quite, what's the word? Uh, Presumptuous and, I guess, a bit unintelligent because they've just assumed. And I feel like humans do that so much to other animals because, you know, animals can't talk, so there's that assumption they can't feel pain. But, I mean, a lot of scientific research talks about how animals do still feel pain through their nervous system and so forth. So Yeah, I think I think animal, I think general consensus is animals definitely feel
1: pain. But yeah. but 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 it's I think like you were saying it's almost, you know, the the biblical thing of man having dominion over the animal kingdom. We have this idea because we are people of science and intellectual and and and, yeah. you know, and wear clothes and that means that we get to hand out how we are going to handle and deal with things that we consider to have less intelligence but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's compassionate or kind or the right way of behaving.
0: Exactly, and I think it does fit the theme really well, not living on Earth, because imagine if we didn't live on this planet, we lived on another planet that was actually inhabited by a much superior intellectual species, so... Or or physically superior And yeah, because we're like, what, they're like, oh god, 20 metres tall? Yeah. To us? Like, I really like that, and also, I do have to mention, I don't know if you got this from the film, but the outfits that Tiwa puts Tur in, I thought clown? Well, almost a clown but I almost kind of got some inspiration for some future Mardi Gras outfits. I think they look good on you. I thought they were very queer I mean, and I loved that. I think I was more inspired. Oh, am I projecting? Oh, in I, mean, listen, I thought they were quite flamboyant, these you, costumes that she was
1: putting him in. not say there's a queer agenda, but I think that we should enforce the queer agenda and make sure that it's in more films. So no, I support that. I'm inspired by the trugs uh, aesthetic from when I had a shaved head. It made me um, <gasps> wish that I hadn't painted myself green and blue instead yes exactly sorry pardon me the animation style reminded me a little bit of monty python's flying circus but not to the point where it was distracting oh okay
0: i've never seen that so have you not
1: no with the foot coming down
0: no i've never i've never seen any of the monty pythons so. Well, we're gonna have
1: to work that into one of them Wait. Mm.
0: what was your favorite part my favorite part i think the allegory okay
1: but yeah so the story is
0: what you've said what do you mean yeah well when i just the metaphor for it because it definitely put me in the mindset of oh imagine if this was the situation and i (laughs) yeah cool okay good yeah yeah like does that make sense because i feel like we assume as as humans we assume too much obviously we do think we're the like the higher intellectuals and everything else is beneath us and we can just treat animals the way we like because, I guess, our assumptions. No, fair, fair. Like, uh, so that's that's just what I got from the film. I think it's a very simple film and that's, like, the main focus I'm coming from. Beautiful.
1: Uh, Who was the most sympathetic character?
0: See, I almost don't feel like this is really a character-driven film. It's more plot-driven and I feel like you're supposed to watch it, I guess, as a spectator. You're not necessarily... I mean, I guess it is from the main character's perspective her because he also narrates part of the film. Uh, I, look, to be honest, I really couldn't couldn't give a specific okay. answer. What, what, what would you say?
1: It's, it's hard to say because I feel like um, as far as empathising with them, obviously you empathise with the humans and them trying to survive, but then as you said, it's hard not to as someone, especially as a child who had pets and was slightly just assumed that, you know, that was the status quo and wasn't necessarily checking myself on how I treated them, even though I like to think I did a good job. I'm sure mm. so did the young trog, uh, trog, tra- 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 who had the Om as a pet before it escaped and I think that there was part of me also putting myself in their shoes going yeah you know it is important to be put in situations where you have to check yourself to change things because you know we do have a lot of privilege and take a lot of things for granted and it was interesting also looking at those as a depiction of the human race and our deep flaws yeah. and hoping that those characters act compassionately when they're put in a situation where they have to face behaviours that might be harming others so, sort of both. Like, I liked that it made you—you you were able to straddle both realms, feeling for the humans, but also go. I guess the aliens. You, and yeah, extra, I see. Are you see yourself like in yeah,
0: the it, blue exactly. humanoid trogs. Yeah, exactly. No, one hundred percent. Did you do you think there's anywhere the film failed? I mean, to be honest, one thing I do appreciate about this film is that it wasn't afraid to be a short film. You know, it, oh, it wasn't, was a nice, tidy in out like, in and out yeah. experience. I also it was animated, so that takes so much time. You couldn't really. I mean, and it's a. Seventies, Like, come
1: on. It was like, the 70s, guys. Also, the film was delayed because there was a... Hang on, I just want to make sure
0: I get this right. Well, let me guess. Earthquake? Is
1: uh, oh, I mean, listen, we could really fucking empathise with... Not empathise, but uh, phew, a little bit of history repeating. One reason the co-production took so long to complete is that in 1968 the Russians invaded
0: Czechoslovakia, which caused delays. So And that's really awkward because the next film we're about to review is Russian... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, let's not go there. Um, no, but I don't. To be honest, maybe they could have. Maybe in a way they failed because I can't empathise with a specific character. So maybe. But does, a, f- me, does a film have to do that? Though? I mean, not necessarily, but they always do say that the best films are the ones that are character driven, not plot driven. Do they? I think so, yeah. yeah like, who, who are they? No, I mean people in general always who say it's about people? the characters' journey. All these crowds. The characters' journey is always the most important. It's about it the characters' right? development rather than what's happening and in the plot. Took you a world and showed you. It. it did. It did. It was like I said. It was an experience. So I don't. No, I don't think it needed to improve on anything for what. Yeah. No. So I. To sit
1: on a roller coaster and afterwards go. Yeah, but who was I supposed to empathise with?
0: Oh my god. Well, this wasn't <laughs> a roller coaster. This was a movie. Did you enjoy it? I did. I actually. Um. Before I went into some like hesitation going into it because I remember watching this a few years ago with you and your (laughs) ex-partner. You're like, how dare you mention that? And we were watching it. You can't help yourself. I know, I can't. And we were watching it in your bedroom. I was doing a good old um, third wheel and you were no, Justin was there. No, I don't think my partner was there. He was there. there. Was he? Oh, okay. Well, there was a, a lovely foursome. It's nice to know um, that you remember our precious memories. Yeah, I know. A um, non-physical foursome. It was a foursome where you watch a movie together, and that's it. That's a <laughs> I a Yeah, it I feel it. like I dug myself a hole there. Yeah, so I was going into hesitation watching it again because I remember watching it the first time, and it didn't have that much of an impact on me. But I feel like the second time watching it, I definitely have a deeper appreciation for it now do you think it's just because you needed the film to yourself to yeah maybe yeah. maybe i yeah
1: that's on. Un- that, yeah there are some films i just want to watch by myself because you, you you don't want to be too worried wondering what everybody else is thinking and having that snap out of yeah of course
0: what was the next question you were going to ask me that was my last question oh right? okay i mean that that's was a really question. that was a really fast review of la planet Sauvage. i do
1: Was there anything else you want to talk about
0: well i think i do want to talk about the planet that they astro project to when they um that was pretty Meditate. Great. Yeah. Because what they do is... I don't know if I'm going to explain this well, but on this planet... I think that planet is the satellite planet. He's
1: acting it out with his hands, by the way, everyone. I'm, I'm acting it out, out with my hands.
0: <laughs> so, it. when they <laughs> astro-project onto this other planet to procreate, yeah. they sta- as they're procreating, they're actually standing on top of these headless stat- statues. Yeah. Which also, straight away, made me think of Salvador Dali. You know, he's Spanish, not French. Uh-huh. Um, and what would happen is... as as the male and the female they would stand on top of each headless statue and then they would like do it these statues would do a dance together so think about like these headless statues with these like round balls or would you call them like so it's not the no pants dance it's the no head dance yeah 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 no head dance but they're standing on top of the no heads yeah yeah so visually think of that oh look it up so i don't know i thought that was very watch cr- the movie yeah and i do like i said it, the film does not lack in originality i loved all the 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 designs, the, the costumes, the setting... I that. can't believe you haven't watched this movie. Who? The, the cinephiles or me? The cinephiles. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen this movie, definitely watch it's this It's an
1: movie. hour and a half. You can watch it on YouTube. No, it's an hour and ten minutes. It's an hour and ten minutes, everyone.
0: I actually... And I was going to get into that... I regret watching this film and the next film we're about to watch on YouTube because I don't know how accurate the subtitles were. I thought you spoke French. Do you agree? French. Huh? I do not speak French, unfortunately. But. Do you speak Creole still? <laughs> no, I only know one word. Do what you... word do you know? Lagon, which means eraser. Do you want to say anything about Le Planet Sauvage?
1: No, I really enjoyed it. I was intimidated about watching this film before we watched it the first time years ago because mm. I'd seen mm. it referenced in so many things as this yeah. psychedelic film, and yeah. I thought, oh, is this going to be hard to follow? Is it just going to be some sort of trip where the visuals uh, sort of make the story... I mean, the uh, visuals come, do come kind of make the stories. No, 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 sorry. Because I, that, with, yeah, I, wait, I structured that sentence. Okay, down, yeah. What I meant was, does the story suffer because the visuals... Um, we've got a plan going over. But um, because the the stories hijacked by the visuals and then i was pleasantly surprised at the fact that no like you said the story is pretty straightforward but still impactful because it's absolutely rampacked with themes that you can sort of say this is a metaphor for that yada 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 but then the visuals were also so enjoyable and rich and delicious but not not over the top in the way that like you said there is a sparseness around the detail that means you can focus in on what's actually happening in front of you that i thought was really enjoyable so i I loved it i also like the cheeky reference that we get of this film in the cell starring j-lo so that's nice because that what's the reference well the reference is she wakes up and it's playing on the tv in the background
0: oh there you go there you go okay no that's okay that's awesome that's that's really cool j-lo j yeah. Made of Manhattan. Good movie. <laughs> okay, That's not should, that's what next Yeah, that's not, that's not the next movie, because the theme is not living on Earth. What's the next movie, Quaid? So, I picked Solaris, which was released in 1972 and directed by the one and only Andrei Tarkovsky, and I have to admit, it is the first film of his that I have seen. Um, well, it's his most popular film internationally, but his least favourite film. Thank you, David. That was actually one of the facts I was going to mention. Sorry. Um, no, 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 that's absolutely... Fine, I won't hold it against He's you. Furious, but the movie is also based on a novel by Polish author Stanislaw. Len. Now I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I'm really sorry. And apparently, he did not like the adaption, complaining that he did not write the book about people's erotic problems in space. <laughs> That's kind of funny because I kind of, kind of get it, kind of get it. Um, and then what was the other fact? Oh, okay. This is actually this is a really really saucy fact. So. I don't think Andrei Tarkovsky was a fan of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey.
1: I think that he just didn't like how close they came out to each other and people comparing the two.
0: Well, according to a 1970 interview with Russian film journalist, Norm Abramov, Tarkovsky said... Was nom an om? What? Maybe. Norm? Okay, fine. Nom- no, no, no. Was he an om? No, he wasn't. Oh, well, he was. He's a human. All humans <laughs> are om's. In the Planet Savage. Anyway, Tarkovsky said, For some reason, in all the science fiction films I've seen, the filmmakers force the viewer to examine the details of the material structure of the future. More than that, sometimes, like Kubrick, they call their own films premonitions. It's unbelievable, let alone that 2001 A Space Odyssey is phony on many points, even for specialists. For a true work of art, the fake must be eliminated. So I was a bit like... That's a bit wanky, man, because I'm I just going to... I think
1: it's just sour grapes. I think it was they, yeah. they were just sort of being compared a little bit too much. I even wondered, because I had to look up when this film was made... 1972. ...you will yeah. be compared to 2001, which came out like a few years beforehand... Because I wondered which one influenced the other ones, even the, the bedroom design with I the think, chambered floors and things see, like I that. I think they're completely different. Very
0: different movies. Yeah, the yeah.
1: aesthetic of certain things, I wondered whether but maybe that was just the aesthetic of the sixties and seventies.
0: Well, let, let's get into it. Let's let me let, it. Let, let me quickly because oh, this is there is a lot in this movie. So I'm gonna do a very, very brief plot synopsis this look this film is very layered so pretty much the story is about a psychologist named Chris Kelvin who is sent to a space station that is orbiting the planet Solaris. This is why I wanted to keep Justin around. As he's he... a psychologist and he could have told us about whether yeah, this was well, legit or not. As he needs, but you sent him home. Let me finish, as he needs to investigate why the remaining crew of three scientists have gone insane. Now when Dr. Kelvin first arrives, he meets Dr. Snout. love that name, who is acting really weird and tells him that Dr. Giberian has taken his life. Dr. Kelvin also meets Dr. Sartorius, who is also a complete whack job in my opinion Anyway, Dr. Kelvin eventually encounters his wife, Harry, who had actually died 10 years earlier. And he begins to get attached to this alternative reality of his. Later, Dr. Kelvin learns that the ocean of Solaris is a type of brain, which brings out repressed memories and obsessions. Do you feel, feel like I covered that or? Yeah, of course. That's yeah. Synopsis. You did a great job. Yeah. yeah. So, um, look, we've gone through the facts. So I think we should just kind of jump straight into this beast of a film. Let's get into this monster. I look, I'm gonna say this I feel like I'm not a true cinephile because I'm getting to the point where I'm watching all these films that true cinephiles love and I'm just not I, I don't know I'm not loving it as much so I another example would be old boy another example would be um oh my god what's that film I should know um Paris Texas and then this is like the third film I've watched which is very like renowned amongst cinephiles and I don't know I don't I didn't hate it I didn't love it. I I've sat in the middle. I definitely know what I don't like about it. For a film that's a sci-fi, I understand that Tarkovsky wanted to focus more on the human emotion rather than the intellectual scientific side of this. But you can't have a movie where like a psychologist is getting sent to outer space and you don't even see him getting into a spaceship or this spaceship going to the space station. That really bugged me. I don't know. Look, one thing I will say, and this seems to be the theme, is that if a movie is considered a cinephile's Paradise. It needs to have amazing cinematography, and of course, this movie, the cinematography is fucking amazing. Like, wow, it was be- that that opening shot of the film where you have the um sea kelp the or the sea grass, the reeds flowing in the water. No, you're right. Wow, yeah. that was beautiful. Like, so so beautiful, and already I was like, it, it drew me in. And so, yeah, cinematography definitely doesn't lack. There's also another beautiful scene where it's raining outside, and the water from the rain is filling up the outdoor uh, furniture, which has these like teacups, and the teacups are overflowing with rainwater. And it's it's just it is really beautiful. A major theme of this movie is water. I it reminds of, me a lot of yeah the,
1: um, of that famous shot in Seven Samurai where it's raining but the sun's out in full, and that's obviously because they're using a rain machine. But it's but it's still
0: that surrealist oh. impact that that has. I think yeah. it's quite effective. I haven't. Seen Seven Samurai, I really well, really want to watch it. Another four-hour movie, Quaid, but it is well, very this quick. one was two hours and forty-five minutes, so it wasn't as bad. Don't so say bad, as long. So, well, yeah. So cinematography aside, look, I didn't. For a '70s film, I was so excited to see what the space station would have looked like, and I uh, look the 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 styling, the setting of the space station didn't really do anything for me. I was like, for a '70s sci-fi film, I was kind of expecting a bit. A a,
1: a little bit more. Are you saying that there's a reason that they got Kubrick to fake
0: the moon landing and not Tarkovsky? Yeah, I I think that's where I'm going to go. It was a bit uninspiring. Also what I don't like, and it's funny because we spoke about this in our last episode. I kind of feel like the one female character they have in the film, or the main female character, because Chris Kelvin's mother also makes an appearance here and there. I'm um, um, Chris Kelvin. His wife's name in the film is is Hattie, and I just feel like it's that other, it's that typical thing. She's a plot point. She's well, yeah. a plot point, and just the hysterical woman. Yeah, and
1: also no, she's the hysterical woman. She's the hysterical the woman,
0: and where, and also yeah. the like. I'm sorry, but Chris Kelvin, and this is a major Hollywood trope where. The, the main male protagonist is this old not really attractive looking dude which is fine that's not an issue but then the issue is they pair them up with a much younger beautiful stunning female and I'm just like and they still manage to work in a way where you see her tits exactly I mean look we didn't mention that but in La Planet Sauvage in that film you, there's a lot of free the nip tits which I loved that is great you're looking at me as if I've said something inappropriate oh
1: that was great yeah. it, was in a, it was in a very sort of like this is nip fashion way, very French
0: yeah um, but in in that film yeah i look i had issues with that i'm like this actor that plays dr kelvin what's his name i have it written right here donatas banionis
1: the only excuse i give the difference in their attractiveness is i am assuming because she died 10 years ago and she's a memory potentially he's aged terribly since then yeah but that
0: much no i look, i don't know i i don't know also because we watched on it we watched this on youtube so i don't know how accurate the subtitles were but Afterwards, I went and read, you know, as you do after you watch a film, I read a deeper plot synopsis of this film, and I feel like there's a lot of things that went a bit over my head, and I'm kind of thinking, was this maybe not explained as well in the subtitles? Is it something... I missed, but yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor, David. I want you to talk about it because you've watched this now a lot more recently than I did. Yeah, I have fin- I literally? Yeah, you literally finished it. You finished it- door. Yeah, and yeah. I watched this a few days ago. So I will give you the floor. Well, actually, one thing I do want to mention before you start talking is pretty much as I said, this planet Solaris, the water on it is pretty much acting as a sort of brain that sends people like repressed memories and obsessions of theirs. So um, and the reason why that apparently this happened was because years prior on this space station there were a lot more scientists working on it and what they had done was they had sent they um, nuking it yeah they no well they didn't nuke it they were applying x-rays to the ocean surface and then after they did that that's what started with all these hallucinatory manifestations so even when Dr Kelvin first goes into the space station you see that um, Dr Satorius, he's um, hiding a what's the politically correct word a little person yeah yeah He a, a person who's I wasn't expecting that yeah, 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 which was cool, but then I was like, it wasn't explained later because this little man appears and then disappears. And you know, obviously, that this is a an illusion because there's only three scientists left on this well, space station. Well, two, because Dr. Gabarian has taken his life, so. This was a time as well when it was commonplace
1: for filmmakers to use differently abled people as a form of visual shock.
0: I think we would like to think we've come a long way since then. Yeah, no, so I'm going to give you the floor to kind of talk about this more. I mean, actually, first I'll ask you, what did you like about the film? Oh, you're going to ask me about what I liked about the film? Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess the first thing that I really enjoyed about the film was the absolutely beautiful photography. Like, yeah. the film was shot gorgeously. I yeah. feel like it was a, I mean, I'm sure it cost a fortune, but it seemed like a pretty... It looked cheap in the way that, like, it was, like you said, designed, the special effects, everything like that. Um, but the way that it was shot, I felt, made the most of that. There the, yeah the, the, mm, the, the yeah. beautiful cinematography the beautiful shots the beautiful changes in uh, tone of the film depending on whether he's asleep whether he's dreaming whether it's nighttime they had those beautiful deep cyans and then this um, and then they had um, sepia tone and then they also had you know the gorgeous vivid color and then also just the framing and the way that the camera would map the room in one continuous take but then they would have someone completely change place that they're sitting but the pacing of this film I think. Um, is something that that. I think it's difficult to readjust our brains to now that we sort of live in this everything is a supermarket jingle and goes yeah. a, a song goes for three minutes and we watch things on TikTok so it has to go for 20 seconds. seconds. And this is a long film that asks a lot of your attention and I feel like... It's slow cinema. Well, but, but this yeah, is what, but that's what cinema was when this film came out. You would go to the movies to watch an event. It would be like yeah. you, you, you were watching a story unfold, unfold in front of you. You weren't going, you know, I'm, I've got to be back on the emails at six o'clock so I need to get in and out as fast as possible and I just want to watch some explosions and have a story shoved down my throat. So I think that the photography in this is really beautiful and mm. it helps you... Because it did take me a little mm, while to get sure. into it. And yeah. I had to...
0: You were like, fuck you, Quaid. A little tiny bit. Oh, uh, just my God, I like, keep why picking why keep movies for
1: you. These movies where no one ever smiles in them, which I think <laughs> no one smiled in this film the whole time. But, I mean, you know... We'll
0: there get, was a lot of crying and a lot of frowning. And... I mean, it very Soviet. But, um, oh, yeah, look... Film. Yeah. So, are you, I guess you're going to go into now what you didn't like about the film. No, absolutely
1: not. I want to talk more about the film because oh. I have a lot of
0: thoughts about this film. Okay. Like,
1: <laughs> I, I do think the film was very beautiful. I, oh. enjoyed, the, I enjoyed how ambitious the movie was because yeah. he did want to create a science fiction film or a space film that was more about the interpersonal relationships rather than the flashiness of space. Of course, Again, I don't necessarily think he's done that necessarily more successfully than Kubrick, Kubrick or anybody else, but
0: yeah. I think he thinks that he did. I mean, getting people to sit in a room and start talking about their feelings and metaphors isn't exactly... Well,
1: again, it's very Russian talking about different writers and philosophers, and then...
0: That's fine, but it, it's kind of like the film goes on and then there's a scene, like, literally, let's all sit down in a room and start talking about philosophical shit. I'm like, that's not really worked into the script seamlessly. It kind of feels like you've stopped... If you're in
1: a space station, I think that's what you would do a space Especially if you were losing your mind, but anyway, um, yeah. I again, I you know, I sort of wondered from the start because I thought, right, this is going to have to, it's going to be laden with symbolism. I need to try and figure out what's going on there. And there are a lot of repeated motifs in the film. Like we have this horse running around for no good reason that uh, the little boy is scared of, and the woman has to explain that it's actually he's actually quite peaceful and won't hurt him. And then we also see pictures of a horse on, in one of the the um, paintings, yeah, one of the paintings, well, paintings, the- but also in one of the bedrooms of the gentleman who who's committed suicide, there are uh, different pictures of horses uh, stuck to the walls. Um, um, and okay, that went completely over my head. And then also the other animal that we get a lot of is the dog, not just his pet dog that sort of at the end, spoiler alert, comes back when he's living in his final dream but also the dog is focused in on when there's that Bruegels painting, The Hunters in Winter yeah. uh, that keeps coming back to the dog and then the things that are in those paintings, the horns and the bags and stuff are, are around different parts of the set either in space or in his home so I think it's trying to draw comparisons between reality and imitations of reality through memory which is what we get in paintings also the seasons, the fact that we had the Bruegels on the walls of the different seasons I think that this film leans on a lot of symbolism that we might consider out. So, again, mm. using... I mean, what we need to keep into consideration is that the director is a staunch Christian. So... He is? Yeah. So, mm. I think that... Okay. I, I think that in the trope there that there are two women and they're literally the Madonna and the whore so we have like his mother and the woman he's sleeping with being portrayed with not much more depth than well, that no, and, and, the mo- and also they're hostile towards each yeah, other Yeah, but not well. the woman he's sleeping with that was his wife no but that's what I mean it's like she's there for sex and you know you see her tits covered in water at one point and then there's the mum who is you know both of the actresses are absolutely gorgeous and yeah. we, we must talk about the amount of crocheting in dresses that are going on in this film because that's definitely an aesthetic choice that was Of the time, but I really enjoy. Um, But yeah, I think that there is one section where um, his wife is talking to him about, I guess, the nature of love and existence. Where I thought, oh, finally, they're giving her a little bit of depth to talk about something. And then the next scene, we find out that she's killed herself
0: for the third time in a row. Well, I think we should also talk about. So you find out that. You know, Dr. Kelvin, his wife, Harry, who's appearing to him on the space station. She had died 10 years prior, and that was actually because, unfortunately... Well, she died by suicide. She'd taken her own life. Again, this is another thing... And why- that was through... Well, I mean, we need to talk about how she did it, because I, I thought that was really interesting. Injection? Well, yeah, she injected herself with something that Dr. Kelvin at the time was experimenting with. It was like a liquid nitrogen. And then that's why in the film, when you see yeah, her, she, she touches her arm around. and she can see the syringe mark. Yeah. And then she finds out about how the suicide happened like and then fair. she ends up doing it again so when you see her
1: but in different ways so she yeah. you know she drinks liquid oxygen yeah she um, drinks it
0: this time and then also she gets
1: them to the other scientists while he's asleep to obliterate her with a like new laser at the end as well and, and so, something do you see that though or was no, that what he, they
0: mentioned no they
1: mention it okay, okay it that's what i did, thought a bright yeah. light and sound um something i did like was when he first like panics and sends his first copy of his wife into space. When the second one appears, he has to hide the clothes of the first one. Also, the idea of a copy of something through memory, as you remember it, when he went to undo her dress. The dress didn't have a seam down the back to take yeah, it off so he had to her, cut, cut it off her. Him. But I like that idea of it's a bit like when you dream about someone or try and remember someone, there are imperfections there. So I thought that was a nice detail. There are a lot of nice details in this film. I mm-hmm. definitely think the characters, particularly of the women, because they were so pivotal, needed to be unpacked more. I think they were used very metaphorically. Even the fact that she kept dying and coming back to life seemed like the cycles of nature and the seasons um, mm. but I found it a little bit on the nose how suicide was used as a plot device so freely and conveniently actually it was. it was because so many characters just tapped out and they're like oh they're, they're dead they're dead now they're dead they killed themselves they went mad and killed themselves or her which I found even more Um, just disappointing was oh she killed herself because she loved him so much it's like so she has no other motivations or reason for living like (laughs) a woman is just so fragile when her man does not love her anymore she kills herself it's like come on Give her a little more credit than that. Um, I do want to talk about the planet and the way that it responds when they are trying to the, the planet and the and the water acting like as a brain.
0: With with the planet, I feel like they could have just filmed the ocean. To be honest, I don't know. Oh, uh, I, I liked what they tried to do. With, it, it didn't work for me.
1: It didn't work in the last scene where they sort of had that weird collage of the island. But in in the but I I also did like that how it sort of looked a bit one-dimensional. Otherworldly, One yeah, dimensional. otherworldly and one-dimensional because we have the tide moving, but not in relation to the island, which does make it seem like some sort of illusion. that he's living in. But I think that the island for me, and and I tried to write down the quote about it, even though, like you said, the subtitles might not be good. For me, I think that it said a lot about the way that as humans we respond to or the way we view memories. the others well no the others response to us as defense we view it as an attack so this is literally humans as a foreign body have come to another planet which in yeah. itself is a consciousness is a brain which if again you want to get mad about it you could zoom out and say well our own planet is like that it mm. is it is an organism and we go to this place that we are a foreign body to almost like a virus and we start penetrating it with x-rays and
0: ships and all the rest of it. So it defends itself, and then we view that as hostility. We view it as an attack. Well, and it it's... defends itself by sending us these copies of our memories. Well,
1: by, by tapping into the things that deeply and profoundly psychologically affect us. So rather than poisoning us or doing something else, it uses our own brains and emotions against us. And, and, and again, just the fact that that is used so much as a... or seen so much Mm. as an attack, rather than it's actually trying to protect itself or defend itself. And there is a, a quote one of the doctors says towards the end, where he says, uh, humans don't want to conquer the cosmos, which even, again, conquers quite aggressive, but humans don't want to conquer Mm. the cosmos. Humans want to extend the uh, barriers of the earth to the edge of the cosmos, which means we don't want to go somewhere else and be within it and experience it for the new thing that it is. We just want to take what we already know and spread and colonize to other places. And again, that is what is aggressively happening here, where there is a space station of people trying to extend Earth to this other place, which is in itself a consciousness and is trying to protect itself by turning our minds on us not even aggressively but in a way that we find confronting there's also another nice quote that he says where he says we don't know what to do with another world what we want is a mirror which just means again we don't want to see a new world and experience something else we just want to see ourselves again somewhere else which I think it sort of speaks to the, a, lo- a lot of the film is about nihilism and what's the point of it. And I think that yeah. that
0: also speaks to what is, what is Can I Can I chuck you? in a quote, actually? There was a really the good quote days. in the film about that. Mm. It pre- pretty much, oh yeah. So, Dr. Snout says, when, a, when man is happy, the meaning of life and other eternal themes rarely interest him. These questions should be asked at the end of one's life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. I, I think that I think that the horse for me was sort of the way that it was spoken about at the beginning is sort of how these grown. People mm. uh, view the planet; they view it as this hostile, terrifying thing. But the reality is, it's something that's gentle. that's only hostile when it's attacked.
0: Oh, so the child was representing mankind, and a- the horse a- was approaching this thing that terrifies them was representing, I guess,
1: the unknown, this, this free, intelligent, unknown, you know, force of nature. But again, I think, but that that's might human nature,
0: accurate. though. You always assume the worst. It's like your defense mechanism. But assuming the worst while throwing yourself into a situation you could just leave alone. I, I, I don't know. Well, uh, I do. I have to say that is actually one thing I did. Like, I liked the internal conflict of the film because one of the two major opposing forces is that you have one side where it is saying, oh, we should investigate this planet more, let's send more X-rays to explore Solaris' surface well, and the they, ocean. They even
1: said that one of their solutions was um, essentially nuking the planet and they called that Annihilation. And I did like the use of the term Project Annihilation because for me it related back to another film starring uh, someone we spoke about in our first episode, oh, Natalie Portman, Annihilation, which is also also about an alien force that replicates and mirrors things of our world that are within our psyche but you're not entirely sure of its motivation Motivation, because its motivation isn't human so i wonder if whoever created annihilation was in some way inspired by this
0: film you should look into that
1: i yeah yeah.
0: i'll be honest with you i might not but yeah (coughs) yeah well i well that's why i think the beginning of the film i Found very very. I feel like I've said the word interesting so much during t- tonight's podcast. I apologise, interesting, everyone. Interesting's relevant, but, but yeah, but uh, well, yeah. You you let me know some David, but at, at the beginning, Doctor Kelvin, he's obviously at his parents' place, which is far away the from beginning the city.
1: So confusing. Well, I was like, who no, are will, all these middle-aged well, people? Because they all look the same no, age to me. And then one of them's mum and one Well, yeah, dad.
0: So so Kel- so pretty much, it was Kelvin's mum and dad was with him at the family home, and his daughter they were all uh-huh that's okay. that's my assumption they're at the family home which is very far away from the city, and then we have Henry Burton, who yeah. was a pilot once on the space station of Solaris. He comes to Kelvin's family home because he finds out that Kelvin's about to be sent to Solaris as to investigate as a psychologist. Yeah, as a psychologist to investigate, you know what's what's happening. And Burton pretty much says to Kelvin, "Whatever you do, you need to stop. You know, sending X rays into the planet because you're yeah. going to destroy the planet." And yeah. then Kelvin says, "I don't care. It's going to either be one or two things. We're either going to finish the job." and explore Solaris, which means sending those light rays, x-rays through, or we're completing... Completely shutting off shop, and I think shutting down shop. And, and what does he say there? He says, "You're not a scientist. You're a." Oh yeah, he says something like, "You're not a scientist. You're." Ugh, I I can't even remember. I think we've done so well for quotes. A- it's okay. Yeah, but it. I was I was really kind of excited because I was like, "Oh, this movie's got kind of going somewhere." But then when you when he arrives at the station, obviously there's a lot of pent up. I got a lot of anxiety. I was like, "Oh my goodness, what's going to happen?" This place looks so creepy because you get to this station and there's just wires everywhere. I didn't. It- because- it looks, sort of looked like it. It looked a, messy. It looked like I, tofu bar. Well, I, I mean, well, yeah. To, yeah. I mean, look, like I said, I don't like the design of this film. I really don't do hate it. it. The bedroom,
1: I thought, I'm like, oh, I could be cozy in that. I mean, I'd like. Yeah, but
0: that bedroom didn't make sense. Speaking in space of station. tin
1: foil, the doors seem to be made of tin foil, or at least well, yeah. milo tin lids. Well, the where she smashes through it takes like three seconds.
0: But then what I don't get is that Kelvin gets to the station, and I guess all of the characters' objectives kind of go down the drain because he gets there. Obviously, he sees his wife, so that's a major, major plot twist because his wife's supposed to be dead. So he's dealing with that but, but, but I
1: think we need to stress it's not his wife it is a projection of his memory of his wife
0: no but so, then she ends up becoming real by the end of the film no and, that's, I, and no, then but, she's but it's having not, an identity it's crisis. Not actually her it's
1: someone who has consciousness because he's imagined her and she's learned to be human they talk about but that. then she's questioning her own existence exactly because she knows that she's not the person she I know but she's still is.
0: physically there though yeah but
1: she's not that person well no she, she's a copy of she looks the same she has the same memories but she's not that person and I think that's the bit that she always Struggles but, with, which is why yeah, she keeps breaking But what I, what I did find, she's so, like, I'm not this woman that you're remembering. But what
0: I did find, this, I guess, this is where the human emotion comes in, and this is what resonated with not me. your robot emotion? I thought, I thought it was really oh, beautiful emotion? how, I guess, I mean, Doctor. Oh, I keep on saying Doctor. I guess it was really beautiful how Kelvin, because he's finally reunited with his wife, who's not really his wife, he would have rather stayed on that space station alone with the other two scientists and gone completely mad if that meant he was with his love again. That was really beautiful. No, he was I, willing to sacrifice no, everything see, to have that moment again, no, even though it was really no. messed see, up. See, for
1: me I You don't agree? Well, I think that it spoke to me of a real human impulse that I think that a lot of us fall victim oh, of to. Course. But not in a way that I found I found it tragic because he says to her, I didn't... I left because I didn't love you... I love you now though so it's almost like you yeah. know, losing someone breaking up with someone having someone leave you and not really feeling it for them then but then falling in love with the memory of them while holding a photograph it's like too little too late I'm sorry you're fetishizing the past and obsessing yes. about it and living in it rather than living in reality and he chooses to live in an approximation of his memory of his home as a child with his parents in it as they are now you know as- assumedly waiting for his wife to show up all of the things that he remembers and misses rather than actually going home and being with his parents that are still there in the real place that still exists but he prefers to live in this um, idealised memory of it which I think a lot of people fall victim to and it was a tragedy for me how he was... Oh, yeah, no, it got, it got messed life. up. I
0: didn't think it was beautiful. I thought it was horrible. It was beautiful at the because, beginning and then it got ugly in the end. Because
1: believing that his wife actually killed herself because he no longer loved her, I'm like, well, then yeah, she died because you didn't love each other. This isn't beautiful. The real person's dead and now a bit of planet brain is like pretending to be her and having identity crisis because it's becoming aware enough to suddenly realise that it's just a copy of someone who existed. Also, if you become sympathetic to her as a person that's real, you also need to be sympathetic to the version of her that was shot out into space in a spaceship and probably died of starvation because that happened too.
0: Yeah, well, because yeah, he couldn't get rid of her. So he tried to get rid of her by putting her on that escape ship and but, then she but, ended but, up coming but back no, again.
1: No, she didn't come back. That was another version. Well, of another version of because her. Because you yeah. know that because the clothes double up. It's like it, there would have been two of her, but one was shipped off. So the defense mechanism made another one appear.
0: I think I think also where the look, well like I said going back to the character objectives, I felt like Dr. Snow and Dr. Satorius, I didn't really know what the hell they were doing. They were just like let's stay on well, this. No, they were just
1: walking around drinking being mean to each other going oh we're so busy yeah, with that. But were they were really a bit shallow
0: it. and they weren't doing anything. So I was like this movie's kind of not going anywhere. It's It's almost like these characters are becoming a bit superfluous again. Like, But also, going back to another plot point, you know how there's many times throughout the film where they send the X-rays to Solaris? Yeah. I kind of wish, maybe this is the basic within me, but it would have just been nice to see the machine or just one of them operating the machine that sent the x-ray out because so many times maybe this is because i'm stupid but it would go over my head that they had just sent an x-ray out to solaris
1: i didn't necessarily need to see that i was disappointed i got so excited at the beginning where the where the uh, pilot was explaining seeing plants that turned into clay and cracked open and had goo come out of them. Yes, yellow goo. I I was
0: really excited because I was like, oh, are we going to see this? I said said four, but how tall were they? Like a giant person? Well, no, at the beginning he says that after they had sent the x-ray on to Solaris, he had then started to see these islands appear from the water and then he also saw this big, humongous baby-like figure walking around the water, which also reminded me a bit of 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes, and and it
1: also reminded me a lot of Fantastic Planet and I was really excited because
0: I thought maybe we're going to get some claymation. Maybe we're going to get some really trippy,
1: psychedelic
0: sort of things to see. And it was really creepy because he said once he was excommunicated from the mission, once he left Solaris, he went to, I think, one of the other scientists who had passed away on the ship. He went to visit his widow and their Saw newborn child. child, and it was the same child that he had seen walking on Solaris as a humanoid. Yeah, which was bigger really Bigger baby creepy. version, which doesn't, was so creepy. doesn't
1: necessarily play into the narrative of it being his psychological... But so, the movie setup
0: was so good, and I feel like I, it no. just didn't... After this, I don't know. After he got to the space station, it kind of just... Listen, beautifully shot film. I think the director was making a lot of mistakes. <gasps> I, talking about beautifully shot, can we please talk about? So, guys, I'm gonna say this right now. One of the best shot sequences I've ever seen in my life. Even though it went oh, probably know, too long. Do you know what I'm about say. to say? Oh my saying. god. Okay, so when Henry Bird and the pilot leaves Chris Kelvin's family home, he gets in a car, and oh my goodness, oh, this I didn't car think you ride. Say that one, but I agree with oh you my know. god, the car ride. The car ride, the car back, ride back to wherever goes, he was going. Apparently, that was yeah. it was shot in Tokyo. You, you could kind of tell. Oh, my God, it is so... That scene with the car driving through, going back home, and it was, like, amongst the skyscrapers and going through tunnels. Well, it was the day just
1: going through the tunnel. Oh, but it was so
0: beautiful. Unnecessary, but Jesus Christ, that was yeah, the most no, beautiful scene. I think it was was, of... because was it? Why? Was... How was that necessarily? Because the... his character wasn't even important. He, he left a, after and the beginning. that was him leaving the, the
1: story. That <laughs> crazy but, story. But also, the entire, like, the film had sort of committed to being long. I guess if you wanted it to be shorter, you could have said it needed editing. But the shots were long. And I think that the mm. film needed to breathe. So, this was just another gorgeous part of... I think you needed to buckle up, expect that you probably needed a toilet break at some point, and just went, this is a long film. I'm in for the ride. Take me somewhere visually. Um, and I think that was part of it. It's a film that had a lot of breath
0: to it, you know? Yes, of course. Did you? So, did you like the film, is what I'm going to ask you. Did, did you like it? I did. So, are you happy... I. Asked you to watch the. Lyrics. I'm happy you made me watch it because I probably
1: wouldn't have watched it otherwise. And
0: it, but you're such a film snob. That's why I'm so shocked that you wouldn't have seen this film because I it's think, up well, there with as, one of all the of, films
1: as, you should as see. As film snobs, as a film
0: snob, I think there are other films that are
1: on my list that are much higher. Really? Um, well, this one's known as the best sci-fi film of all time. I, I don't agree with that. I think it's. I, no, I think. <laughs> no, it's a, I think. I think it's a good sci-fi film for that period. I don't think it's the best sci-fi film of that period. I think it's a good sci-fi film of that period. When you mentioned though before when you started, you were talking about how oh I feel like I'm not a cinephile. But because I should be talking about this. It's like, there are films that are masterpieces yeah. that walked so other films could run. So this may have been the best for the time. Maybe we've done some things since then that have built on it. It doesn't take anything away from this but film. But hype
0: kills it. That's what I think. I feel like if there wasn't Definitely. that much hype around this film, maybe I would have loved it a bit more because I went in with also, too, many, Trump, too high expectations. Trump's and
1: expectations in cinema change. Before, you know, before we had sound in pictures, you know, there were silent films and the best silent films in the world were suddenly pretty quickly forgotten when you could have vocals in film and same thing not so much, but when we suddenly had colour in film, black and white sort of dropped off as being the favoured thing. And now there are other things in film that are popular that aren't necessarily in this film. So, well, that doesn't mean there aren't merits in this. I know. It just means it doesn't take anything away from you for not necessarily having it speak to you. What would you give
0: it out of five stars? I know you don't ah, like to give ratings, but I want to know your rating. I want to know it you because know what? you said you liked no, the I'm film. I'm going to be really hard though. I'm yeah, I want get, you to be hard. Oh, okay. Not that kind of hard, but hard on the film. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> You're like, I'm getting a a saucy
0: fan. for not living on earth. No, it's i've had pizza and
1: um coke so not feeling saucy right now.
0: i bought soft drink coke just want to put that out there what
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Finally. yeah. um <laughs> uh, i would give it look i would give it a three stars
0: wow so give it, okay
1: wow i would like to give it a high star rating because i found the cinematography and the symbolism in the film beautiful and the general design really oh i say general design there were some you know shortfalls there but generally very beautiful the reason I only give it three and it definitely lost points and I think the, the aesthetic of it and the couldn't symbolism... Couldn't hold it up. Couldn't yeah. hold it up. Was the fact that I just didn't think that you know you were talking before about character driven films yeah it wasn't there for me like every every, all all ambition was lost as soon as he
0: got to the space station it was kind of like let's drop everything this movie's about the
1: person you know you want to talk about the most sympathetic character i the most sympathetic character for me was the pilot at the beginning because you really felt his emotions betrayed when he he felt like he'd been telling a story for 30 years that hadn't really been and he just seemed like a crestfallen man that was saying i knew what i saw and also that thing of well it turns out he didn't know what he saw it was a hallucination but he but 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 as the other specialist in the film that they're watching says, it's a hallucination, but it's affected by something real. So he's not crazy, but he looks like such a crestfallen person whose reputation has being ruined by this thing that happened to him. That was the bit where I was like, okay, well, here's a character where I can really buy into their story. Everyone else. I was just like, wow, here's some vapid mean people. Okay. Yeah, your wife died because you left, but there's nothing else there that I really give a shit about you. It, it was also funny because it was, just it was such grumpy. a self serious film, mm. but the costumes were so funny, especially, you know, his weird. Oh, I- he was wearing a mesh top. Mesh tops he was wearing a mesh top. So many different types of mesh tops, which great. Need to get me some of those. I was like, and also. Oh my god. and the, gras, here we come. And the weird sort of almost Han Solo pants that had the sort of the um, the pleating down the
0: side that wraps around his bum, like. But also, cute. I feel like this film could have lent more into its horror tropes because I feel like we could want have, to be, it but we could see more. Thriller. I know, but we could have seen more hallucinations. We could have seen more random. I people was expecting that. Also for the a
1: film. Russian film, and Russians are known for pushing the envelope. With things like that, I thought that there would be more of the same. I thought that it was going to get really trippy in there, and it didn't. Like there was just that girl walking around. Yeah, the, the, there was a the
0: random girl, and she had to do. I think she was connected to yeah, but, the um the, the, the doctor that had taken his really life. They didn't unpack. That they did, life. and see that was my issue. And then also when you see the short male, they don't unpack that either. You just see right. him in Doctor Satorius's office, and that's that's it. So I was like, oh, it's just it feels like you just put put it in there for a reaction. Um, okay, so you'd give it six out of... Okay, I think I'd I give it... I didn't say six. So I said oh, three i I'm sorry, out a three five. out of five, which means six out of ten. I think I would give it a 3.25, which is like a 6.5 out of ten.
1: Huh, okay.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, Fantastic Planet. What would you give it? We didn't do that one. Fantastic Planet. I, I'd give it a a a, a three point five. Yeah, a three point five. Yeah, it's a yeah. solid seven. That film's a solid seven. It, it's beautiful. It's tasty. It's a nice. It, meal. It's it's yeah. It's yeah. a nice. It's a good sweet... carbonara. It's, that's the type of film. That's the type of film actually where if you're feeling a bit like pretentious and you want to get your friend who has a basic film knowledge into films, you could be like, hey. Like, have you seen Planets Planet Sauvage?
1: Well, it holds up, but also yeah. it's not intimidating with its story. It's not
0: too... Exactly. it 100%. It, it's
1: not intimidating with its story, but its
0: story is not redundant. Oh, my so. God. Is it the marijuana to
1: the myth? No. See, I didn't want to use that metaphor in this. But because, it could be. But it wasn't trying too hard, in my sense. It no, felt, it wasn't, but that's why I feel like it's a good gateway. No, but I don't think it's a gateway. I think it is... I, that's the thing. I don't think it's for people... I mean, I think the people that are approaching it for that are the people who are, you know losers no not losers are you calling me a loser David? no the people that are punching cones going oh I'm going to watch some trippy movie and it's like okay fine it is a trippy
0: movie but also there's a story I don't think it's trippy because the storyline's so straightforward a trippy movie is Holy Mountain that movie is fucking trippy what are you talking about that's a straightforward (laughs) straightforward (laughs) if you haven't watched um, The Holy Mountain everyone please watch it maybe one day uh, uh, okay. May, maybe one. Well, yeah. Um, should we get our Javas to pick the next theme? I yeah. think one thing I do want to close on, though, is I feel like this was probably the first time where we picked films that we're not too familiar with, so it's interesting to see how the podcast tonight went with how we discussed these. Don't you think? Or... Yeah, I hated it. No, I'm kidding. I, yeah, yeah. Oh like, my I thought it, was fun. Um, it, it
1: was It was a lot to get through, because I thought that, you know, this week flew by, and I thought, oh, great, I'm going to smash through these, and then I
0: realised that... Um, I mean, La Plana and Savage is smashed, but not so much Solaris, not... that was... Not Solaris. Solaris I had to watch in two But something I enjoyed
1: about films that were not in English is that I couldn't distract myself with other things and just listen to it. I had to be involved in the visuals and these were both very visual films. And
0: I like it because you have one film that talks about, I guess, rights for all life, if that makes sense. Well,
1: uh, that was the other thing I didn't want to get too heavy on, especially since we did uh, The Environment last week and
0: why talk about something more than once? No, I'm kidding. But Planet Survives did what Attack on Titans is doing now.
1: Well, what I was going to say is I'm like, yeah, one of them is sort of about the ecology of, I guess, fauna and then the other one sort of discusses the rights of a planet as an organism which is something that we are dramatically abusing at the moment and as our planet revolts against us in the way that it is behaving through the fact that we are affecting affecting it so terribly that we're seeing all of these massive weather shifts and changes that are hurting us essentially you could I mean I feel like it trivializes something really really terrible to sort of Treated as allegory, but you could see parallels between yeah. those two things. No,
0: of course. And also, for people that have seen Inception, a lot of people compare a lot of scenes from Solaris to Inception because you have Harry who appears to Kelvin throughout the film, and it's similar to when Leonardo DiCaprio's character always has Marion Cotillard's character appear to him in Inception. And then in the end of Solaris, you have, is it a dream? Because when Kelvin goes and he's sent home, well, at least it gives you, you realise, <laughs> well, it actually Some does. Press. It gives you the answer in the end because you realise he's not at home. He's... he's chosen to stay on the planet on one of the islands. Oh, I didn't look at it at like that. I, I looked at it as he's still trapped on the space station, but now he, everything visually, that's what he's seeing.
1: Oh, I thought he was on one of the islands, which is why it zooms out and there's the island but on ca- Solaris. But
0: how did he physically get to the island? Oh, I guess they down. don't need to explain that.
1: I, I mean, like you said, they didn't do
0: a huge amount of the the, the space travel. No, not at all. Because that would have cost money. And also, that's not about the human emotion, is it? Get the jar. I'm gonna get the jar. Oh, God. Oh, Why did you- David, why did you leave the jar all the way away from- all the way away? Oh, he's walking away! From the- from the- Oh, he's walking back. Okay, cool. So, now, guys, before I pick out a theme from the glass vase, the jar glass- the jar vase? Oh my goodness, I can't talk tonight. Please, fine, please make sure I'm not. Please make sure that you tune into next week's episode as we have a special announcement. Anyway, without further ado, David's looking at me really strangely. I'm not. I'm going to pick a theme, and I'm nervous. Hopefully, it's not something strangely written like "Not Living on Earth," which <laughs> should have been "Out of Space." But anyway, let's find out. Okay, I got. Okay, something. you pull it out. I'll read it. No, I want to read. No, it. No, because I don't want you to edit it. No, I'm not <laughs> editing. it. Give it to me. <gasps> Oh, my fucking God, really? What is it? Guys, next next week's theme is celebrity. (gasps) I don't think I wrote that. You did. You definitely wrote that. That's your handwriting.
1: I don't remember writing
0: any of these. Okay, sick. So, next week's is celebrity. Jesus Christ. I mean, I wanted to do, you know, the royal family since, you know, our Queen Elizabeth II has passed away, but David was against it. The royal
1: family are celebrities. They don't do anything else. You could just pick something royal if you wanted to. No, we're not.
0: It's celebrities, so... Oh yeah there's a few there's a few things we can do with celebrity anyway um please (laughs) tune in for next week's episode david's judging me really i've been
1: quade kirchner i'm an actor and uh my
0: name's my name's david collins and i'm a photographer uh oh okay anyway at quade kirchner on instagram i'm not on twitter and you can find me at david charles collins on instagram i may have a secret twitter account but it's not my photography goodness gracious i'm gonna (laughs) leave bye
1: everyone quade's notes love you bye i don't have
0: notes bye Mm.
1: Cinephile Paradiso is recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land.